up, NBA fans? We took a little break to spend some Christmas time with the family and celebrate the new year, the closing of 2018 and the opening of 2019. We're almost halfway through the season. NBA All-Star voting has opened up. James Harden is killing it. LeBron James is injured, but the Lakers are 1-2 and two with him gone. There's a reshuffling in the Western Conference, and All-Star votes are eligible to come in. It's the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We're covering this and more for this week's episode. But before we start off, Sean, it looks like you have a trivia question here for me to start the podcast up. Yeah, Alan. So amidst everything, I mean, we've seen more three-pointers this year than in many years past. I mean, it just seems like it continues to expand and more people are starting to shoot threes. Um, But my question for you today is, as of today, which is January 2nd, 2019 who leads the league in three point percent as of today for qualified shooters meaning they have to be on pace to shoot 82 make shoot and make 82 threes by the end of the season Uh, that's a good one i feel like the only reason you would ask this is because it's going to be some sort of a trick question or not a (laughs) trick question but sort of unexpected Uh um so I don't think it's going to be as easy as Steph Curry, I imagine, here. Though, he has been shooting lights out. He's pretty good. Um, at least, yeah, the last, the first two months before that injury. I'm not, I haven't really checked what he's shooting at after he's come back from that injury a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go with maybe not Tobias Harris, but he is shooting wow. it pretty well <laughs> That would as well. be a pretty bold guess. Yeah. I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of a, of a surprise uh, choice here. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah, not as a surprising a pick as I thought you would say. Um, but that is not correct. Safe. That is not correct. It's not <laughs> Kevin Durant. I'll, I'll give you a hint though. Uh, his first name. Right. His first name starts with S, and his last name is based off a popular Thai dish. <laughs> What? <laughs> His last name is based off a popular Thai dish? Yeah. I feel like this is going to be Run, one of those. What's a popular like, Thai food? Is it, is it simply just Steph Curry then? <laughs> no. Spoilers. <laughs> nope. It's not Steph Curry, but it's very close to Steph Curry. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Is it Seth? Seth Yes, correct. (laughs) Seth Curry is leading the league in three-point percentage with 51% on 42 of 82 shooting. Wow. Is 42 shot attempts, like, on the same level as most guys? Uh, Well, so he's shot 82 and made 42, and it's it's pretty low. It's he barely makes the qualifying mark for like being a qualified player for this stat, but he makes it and he's the only one in the qualified player shooting over fifty percent. Wow. Yeah. That that <laughs> is a good one. That is a good one. I was like, I'm how is Curry really not a tie dish? I was like, it has to yes, be. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was trying to trick you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Good one. Uh surprisingly though. I guess now that you mention it, I'm not surprised he barely makes that cutoff because he's had a pretty good, uh, I don't maybe not month, but last two weeks over there in Portland, and he's been decent through. Yeah, the season, he just doesn't I really guess. get the minutes. Um, be interesting yeah. to see how much he'd be able to keep up that percentage if he got more minutes. But hey, in the meantime, They're, it makes him look really good. 
There's no way he keeps up with the 1%. That's <laughs> you know, you don't see him. High. You don't see him ending the, the season as the three-point field goal percentage champion. Only way is if he tears his ACL tomorrow <laughs> and he's done. And that's it. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's the it. that's the percentage of tw- of the 2018-2019 NBA season for him. Okay, well, well let me way. ask you this really quickly then. Who finishes with a higher percentage, him or Steph? Steph's at 45% right now, sitting at 7th overall. 45 is pretty damn good. Um I'm going to have to go with Hmm, actually, you know what? <laughs> that isn't that isn't when you, if you if you if you're taking attempts, shooting throwing those out the window. I mean, you just have to think: gonna, Is Seth Curry going to keep shooting at the same pace? I mean, he's not going to shoot as many as Steph by any means, but mm-hmm. like he can continue to shoot at the pace he's at, and he's going to make most of them. <laughs> this is why you have to. You have to learn to look further than just the numbers, but <laughs> or you can skew the but, numbers in any way that you want to them to look. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this was probably a discussion ar- around Christmas time in the family. Yeah, who would, uh, <laughs> Seth, Seth the Curry is the three point champion of the league. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna have to go with my boy Steph. I mean, there's no way his brother's gonna outdo him in this. This is his specialty. <laughs> oh mm. no, he's maybe sharing the family recipe. You know, you never know. <laughs> Perhaps, but I'm still going to go with Steph here. Um, yeah, I'll go, anyways, I'll go with Steph, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's one place that Steph, Steph Curry is not included is in the list of potential NBA All-Stars as NBA All-Star voting has opened up and it closes January 21st. So we still have a couple more weeks to decide who we want. But here is the list of who I think we're in agreement here, right, Sean, of who we think are the for sures mm-hmm. um, in terms of like who's who for sure is going to be there. I mean, the Western Conference, here's the list of who we agree is for sure going to be at the All-Star Game. Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jokic, Westbrook, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid list. Um, there's only there's one player outside of this list that I think is definitely going to make it, and that's Damian Lillard. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a for sure pick. I mean, he's been playing so let, really well this year. Yeah, so let's go over so that we just named nine names and there's 12 that qualify that have to be on this West or could only be on this Western Conference team and the list of potential picks who we think um have the d- best deserve shot. to be there. Yeah. yeah, have the best shot of rounding out that roster and that's Tobias Harris, Damian Leonard, Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan and Carl Anthony Towns. So only three of these guys is going in, and uh, two of them are being are going to be left out. Yeah, I mean, and you you could even pick any of these other guys on this extended long shot list and not be that upset about it. But mm-hmm. like, I think people would be very surprised if they did make it. We're talking about guys like Kuzma, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald, maybe uh, Devin <laughs> hey. Booker if he was on any other team but the Suns. Luka Doncic and CJ McCollum, um, all great players. The West is so deep with so much talent. But uh, if you're asking me to pick three guys out of, out of this, I'm going to go Lillard. I'm going to go Carl Anthony Towns. And then just, just for some Clipper love, I'm going Tobias Harris. Oh, man. Maybe they're I – th- I was expecting this to really be a bigger argument, but I'm going to agree with you. I'm going Tobias, Damian Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mike Conley's playing so well, but... Oh, yeah, I know. It makes me so not... upset not to pick him. 
Yeah, and it's crazy. DeMar DeRozan is just not going to be there. And honestly, he was the first one I counted out. I was debating more whether there was a way to include Conley, but you just cannot leave Carl Anthony Towns out of this. Uh, yeah. Tobias Harris, I guess you can make a big case, but between Damian Leonard and Mike Conley, it's Damian Leonard for sure on my side. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Damian Lillard's just been as dominant as ever this year. Tobias Harris has really stepped his game up and made a Clipper team that nobody thought was going to be anywhere good pretty decent mm-hmm. so far this year, although they're starting to drop off and uh, the energy yeah. can only get you so far in the season. And then and Carl Anthony Towns, like, he has his bad games here and there, but the guy just is capable of putting up 25 and 12 whenever he feels like it, it seems. Yeah, he had a strong December, and I think that really solidifies the case on my side. I mean, he started off the season slow, um, he had some bad performances out there, <laughs> yeah. um, but December solidified, I think, his place as an all-star. Damian Lanners has been consistent as ever. He's just as good as he was last year. Last mm-hmm. year, an all- he was an all-star. I mean, why would you not put him there? And Portland, at one point, was third in the West, and they're still in this playoff picture, so he's carrying his team. I think the case with Tobias here um, is, dude, he, he was, we just, we just mentioned it, 6'9", 45% from three. Um, helping this Clipper team get to the, get in playoff position as well. He's had a string of bad performances though. Uh, the last week and a half, he had a, like three games in a row where he was held under ten points or twelve points. Right. Uh, so we still have two weeks left to go until All Star voting is closed. Though I don't see Tobias Harris putting a string of bad performances. But if he, I guess a long shot here, if he goes a string of two weeks with bad with bad performances, I could see him maybe being snubbed out and. Mike Conley or somebody else sneaking in there as a result of that. Right. Though I do think that's a long shot. I, I think so too. It, it would take something pretty bad for him to just all of a sudden drop off a lot. But Mike, Con- if Mike Conley ended up taking his place in the all-star game, I wouldn't be completely upset about it because mm-hmm. this is a guy who deserves to be in an all-star game as much as anybody, especially in having not made it at this point in his career. Um, but if yeah. I'm looking at this extended list, I think I got to say like, Donovan Mitchell just has not been playing well enough to get into the all-star game yet. Uh, he hasn't made that jump mm-hmm. yet. And I mean, out of all of these guys, I have to think that Luka Doncic actually has the best chance out of all of them, even over guys like McCollum, really? Devin Booker. Yeah. Like the, the Mavs, man, no one picked the Mavs to make, to be in playoff contention this year, except for Charles Barkley. And we all laughed at him. And now look how good Luka Doncic has made this team. Um, DeAndre Jordan obviously being a big help there too, but Doncic is easily the best player on the team, and he's only 19 years old. The kid is just lighting it up. Yeah, so I'm going to make something, a hot take maybe towards you, but I don't right. really think it is. I think one of, if I'm looking at this list, I think one of, two guys that stand out to me is actually De'Aaron Fox and Kyle Kuzma here. You really think Kyle Kuzma has a better shot than Doncic? Maybe. I think so. I think Doncic is going to be held back. Simply just because he's a first year. Um, I mean, Kyle Kuzma's just been playing pretty damn well for this Laker team. I mean, eyes were that Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram were going to be the better player, but Kyle Kuzma's just come out, averaged 20 points in the month of December. He's 18 and 18 and 8 type of guy. Mm. He's, he's, he's a good deal. Maybe it's a hot uh, take for you, but. It's a pretty hot take, man. I mean, he's playing well, but, like, is he a game changing player like Doncic? I don't think so. Maybe not. I think 
I think it's close. And I also like the case for De'Aaron Fox here, who's also averaging 20 points, uh, six assists, and really getting his Kings in, in, a, in a good position to potentially sneak into the playoffs this year. I'm, I mean, the, I think, though, in looking at this extended long list, it's, it's quite encouraging to see how many young guys here are really trying to break through the ceiling this year of getting into that all-star conversation. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like Kyle Kuzma. I like De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I mean, you got like I, like CJ McCollum is probably the oldest guy on this list, and he's not even that old. Um, and mm-hmm. Buddy Heald's rounding up at like 24 years old, and everyone else is like super young. I mean, even Devin Booker, who's an NBA veteran, is only like 22 still. Yeah. So. I guess if you had to place a vote, a bet on somebody getting picked off this extended long shot list that we've built here, mm-hmm. who is your money on Doncic? It's on Doncic, yeah. Definitely. You have not right. convinced me of Kuzma. You can- <laughs> I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma. Oh, man. <laughs> and it could be a little bit of my Laker, my Laker fanboy speaking here. That's totally here, but- Laker fanboy, dude. No one outside of LA would vote for Kuzma. Uh, out of all these people on this list, Kuzma. yeah. Hey, you better you better get on the, on the voting every day then if you want that to happen. <laughs> I will say I'm surprised. It's kind of crazy how Donovan Mitchell has fallen to this list. Uh, he just hasn't done that much. Would, yeah, unfortunately for him, he just and the Utah Jazz as well. Bottom in the West, though. That's kind of just not really telling the whole story. But we'll talk more about the Jazz. I'm going to make my case for them and how they can still sneak into the playoffs. But let's go on to the East right here. Same story. We have nine for sure's from our side. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Victor Odalipo, Ben Simmons, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, Andre Drummond. These are the nine that we think are for sure going in. The potentials are Vucevic, Blake Griffin, Chris Middleton, Josh Richardson, and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that this is not looking as impressive as the West, but I mean, no. since it's going to be a team captain format again and the teams are going to get drafted, it really won't matter that much. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think those 9 to 12 are for sure in. I agree with you. And then for the potential picks, man, Nikola Vucevic is like <laughs> probably the most underrated player in the league right now. I agree. I almost forgot to include him right. on this list when I was writing it. And I was like, oh, shoot, how could I not <laughs> include this guy? Yeah, dude's averaging a double-double, a 20-10 and 10 double-double, and easily the best player on the Magic that we didn't really talk much about going into the season. Even though last year he put up some really good numbers too before he had, I forget what kind of injury he had that kept him out for like half the season. But now here he is back at it, just destroying everyone, making Mo Bamba an afterstatement. Um, that drafted center at number five pick overall is not even getting any playing time because of this man's playing so well. So I have to put him in there. And then yeah. it's going to be tough because Jimmy Butler like seems like someone that would win the popular vote, but his numbers have been pretty whatever um, yeah. since going to Philadelphia. So I'm going to give the nod to Blake Griffin and Chris Middleton. Um, Blake Griffin, yeah. because like he hasn't had an amazing season, but it's been a very good season so far. And Chris Middleton has had a very good, like a, a career season for him. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with those three. Yeah, I, man, we are just in total agreement. Except for, <laughs> except Kyle for Kuzma. the Kyle Kuzma thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going with you here, Vucevic, easily. I mean, I don't, I, th- I don't think anybody could really make a good argument for why he wouldn't be over over this list of players mm-hmm. here. Uh, Blake Griffin, 
Uh, nothing spectacular, but just good. He's back to just being a solid player. Uh, Blake Griffin back to averaging over 20 points a game. He's been consistent. Very little setbacks this year. That's a good year for him. Chris Middleton, career year, and he's part of one of the best teams in the East East right now. Second best. Or actually, they just took the number one seed back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's the second best option on the number one team in the Eastern Conference. He's got to be in there. Uh, Josh Richardson, he's kind of just sneaky good. But is he all-star good? Nah. Probably not. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, definitely keeping the heat afloat as their best player right now. But yeah, yeah, he, he's got a little bit of room to go. And then, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, again, I just I don't think he's playing well enough. But he might just get in because of the popular vote. Right. And it's hard to really form an opinion in terms of all-star around him because – is he really an Eastern Conference All Star? When and when he was playing in the West, he had terrible numbers with the Timberwolves. Yeah, um, but and in the hmm. East, he's been he's been there. He's been okay. Not really what I would describe an All Star season. I mean, I guess I'd put it this way: if John Wall were still healthy, John Wall probably wouldn't be an Eastern Conference All Star. And ouch. and I think <laughs> I have to agree and though. I think him and Jim. Yeah, and I think him and Jimmy Butler kind of are having. Up to this point, a sort of equal type season. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I'm going to go there. But yeah, so we're looking at guys that mm, they're having good years, but maybe don't, won't make it. We'll probably have no shot at making them. There's extended long shot list. Um, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. Uh, we yeah, mentioned Jason note- Tatum just because of what we thought he'd be, but yeah. he's just not even close to being an all star this year. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he's got good num. He's got solid numbers, but not quite all star numbers. Right. Averaging below twenty points a game, he's right there at eighteen point seven or eighteen point six. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but he's kind of there. He's making his way. I mean, he's still young, so there's still a lot of opportunities. Zach Levine, though, he's been averaging over twenty points a game, putting up good numbers. The field goal percentage is so <laughs> so but... good, and he plays for the Bulls. <laughs> Yeah, so that's and he already, plays for the Bulls. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the reason I think Bradley Beal isn't going to make it either, is because the Wizards are playing terribly. Um, yeah. they lost John Wall for the rest of the season. Uh, outlook does not look very good, but th- there is a, a shot that Bradley Beal makes it. Um, just because he made it last year, um, he's proven that he is an All Star caliber player. Um, uh, but this year he's just not doing it for his team. Yeah, so if you had a bet on which long shot guy here is going to make it. It's Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's the guy. I mean, the number one option on the team now. Um, Able to put up triple-double type of numbers um, on a really good night. And, yeah, uh, he's been been in it before. Yeah, I want to think that some writer out there will vote for Zach Levine, potentially. (laughs) Maybe Uh, a Chicago lover. Yeah, yeah, only Chicago. The Bulls are just too uh, bad. If the Chicago Bulls, so right now Chicago has ten wins, Wizards have fifteen. If Chicago could have gotten to that sixteenth win, <laughs> I think I think Zach Maybe. might have beat out Bradley Beal in terms of vote numbers. Whether he actually got in, probably still not. But probably not. I, but I think he probably could have gotten the nod there, at least over Bradley Beal in terms of vote numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm still gonna go with Bradley Beal as a safer option if I were to place a bet on one of these long shot guys to make the all-star game but important note here is just how much longer our long shot list on, on the western conference side is right than the eastern conference side i mean when we were when i was writing this list i just names just came to the top of my head mm-hmm. and 
when I was writing it for the Eastern Conference, I, I had to think about it for a little bit. <laughs> right. Like, who really are these guys? Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, if you put Devin Booker in the East, I feel like he'd be a shoe-in, like, no matter what team he was on. But because he's in the West, there's just no chance that he makes it. Right. So, when we're talking about that, there's a guy who I was actually a little bit hesitant about, and that was Victor Odolipo. Really? I was like, is he really a for sure in the Eastern Conference? Oh, for sure. Or is Definitely, but I mean, once once you look at the what you had available in terms of <laughs> players you're pulling from teams, it's like, oh yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, but he I mean, would be an outside outside shot guy, like a potential guy in in the Western Conference, like in the same tiers, like uh, Mike Conley, Carl Anthony Towns type of player um, right. for his team. But yeah, in the East, I mean, and the Pacers have such a good record too. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to give him the nod. Yeah, true, but I mean he's he's missed a good portion of the season up so far. Yeah, and they still um, won without though, him too. Right, and there's no denying I think he's gonna get back to All Star form for the second half of this year. But up to this point, I was definitely hesitant about it. But once I looked at what the what he was up against in terms mm-hmm. of Eastern Conference players, it, it seemed like a no brainer to put him there. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with all these picks. Um, hopefully they all stay healthy until the All Star game, so we can watch them all play in a meaningless game together. <laughs> so with two weeks still left in voting, is there a player here that you're seeing could lose their stock value in terms of being in the all-star game? Oh, interesting. Like of, of these nine to 12, like ones we have in us yeah. for sure. Right. I think the West is pretty locked except maybe Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is probably the weakest of the nine. Mm-hmm. And then in the East, uh, maybe Kyle Lowry, if he doesn't get, I don't know. The only reason Kyle Lowry would drop is because he gets injured, or like he stays yeah. injured. Nah, I, I I feel like it's pretty solid. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's in danger right there. Kyrie Irving, yeah, maybe not. I don't think so. He's missing some time, but he's probably just locked in there. Nah, I think he's All pretty right. solid. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on here to the Houston Rockets, who James Harden has been keeping afloat, brought them back into the playoff picture. But is it just all James Harden, or could it potentially be this free agent oh. signing they made over the over the Christmas break and with Austin Rivers, God. who's averaging ten points, three rebounds, three assists in the four in the four games with the team, who we got to mention it, have all resulted in wins. Yeah, all resulted in wins. Uh, for this team we talked about last podcast where we were wondering what they'd look like um, after Chris Paul got hurt in this gauntlet of games that they have on their upcoming schedule, but they've won all of them so far, uh, <laughs> mostly on the back of James Harden, obviously. and uh, He's just playing like an absolute monster right now, but I, I can't – I don't have – too much pride to admit that Austin Rivers is playing pretty well for this team right now. You heard it here first. <laughs> I actually gave him a little bit of praise. He He's actually I mean, helping them a little bit. Yeah, look at these teams they took down. And, I mean, some of them are more impressive than others, but you got they beat the Spurs. Yep. Uh, they beat OKC. That was a good one. And they came back and beat the Celtics, beat the Pelicans. And took down a hungry Memphis Grizzlies team who's trying to get their season back on track. Yeah, um, all all Western contenders right there. So I mean, yeah, Houston's now fourth seed in the West, and we're going to talk a little bit more about them later too. But 
Yeah, Austin Rivers getting picked up, I think, added some actual necessary bench po- like firepower that they didn't have before. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Paul getting hurt, it's like they needed to shore that up badly. And he was definitely the best available, and he, he, he did pretty well. He's doing pretty well. That's, that's what I got. It's impressive. It is kind of funny now looking back at our previous comments at our pa- last podcast <laughs> regarding this string of games they're going to go up against. And, wow, they came there. So far, they're looking good uh, after going through that gauntlet of games. But how about Patrick McCall, who just got signed? We just talked about last podcast also. Yeah. Man, so he, what a, that was a hilarious point that you brought up about this guy. I completely right. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we were we were giving him so much crap last last week because he hadn't gotten signed by a team yet. It had been so long in the season. We're like, this man put a bad bet on himself. But then, yeah. sure enough, it all comes back around, and he actually gets a little bit more money than he would have gotten with the champion <laughs> Warriors by signing with the lowly Cavs on a two-year, six million dollar deal. Versus the $5.2 million deal he would have gotten with Golden State. Um, Golden State choosing to decline him, uh, him being a restricted free agent. And so now he's a member of the Cavs. Um, contributing instantly with 18 garbage time minutes in his first game of two points, one assist, and one steal. What, what a bizarre turn of events here for Patrick <laughs> McCall. I mean, I'm sure he's grateful he's in the NBA. But yeah. more than anything, the Cavaliers just... Committing more money to players, like useless uh, for, players, for what seems like no reason whatsoever. I mean, or or is there is there something here that we're that nobody's seeing? I mean, it, it's McCall a very or... low risk but low reward signing. It's like it's three million dollars a year, which is like nothing. But and you hope that this guy can actually become something. Um, odds are he doesn't, but. I mean, two years, six million isn't isn't a lot for a young guy who's kind of athletic. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that we should have put this in the big deal or forgetful section because I would yeah. forget it because he's not going to get very many meaningful minutes. Like eighteen minutes in his first game with them is like kind of a lot, but probably mostly just because it was garbage time the whole time and they're just losing by a lot of points. He's probably just played the whole fourth quarter. Right. We should bookmark Patrick McCall, revisit what his season was like at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah, he, no, I'll bookmark him so I can find out some worst performances of the week in future weeks. <laughs> True. How about Justice Winslow, who's now the starting point guard after Goran Dragic goes down uh, for the Miami Heat, and he's put a, put together a string of a solid performances for the Miami Heat. Yeah, they're actually starting to rebound their season a little bit, and it's, it's an interesting move, I think, for – for them to go with Justice Winslow as their starting point guard, um, traditionally starting at small forward for this team, um, kind of akin to what Jason Kidd did with Giannis by moving him to the point guard spot after um, Giannis had played for forward position for them for a number of years. Um, so I think that's kind of what's going on now is like people or teams are realizing that they need a larger ball handler of sorts um, to run the floor for them. I mean, you look at Ben Simmons and Giannis. Um, both as like six foot ten point guards. Um, yeah. Justice Winslow isn't necessarily as long as or tall as them, but it is is an interesting choice and not a very traditional pick. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it's just uh, the lack of a true point guard on their on their roster right now. Maybe with Dion Dion Waiters coming back, maybe things change a little bit here. Uh, but 
could it become some something of a tradition moving forward in the NBA? Is this like the first sign of something uh, of like the Giannis experiment going more mainstream in the NBA? Yeah, I don't know. It's possible, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Miami Heat have some ways to go to solidify a playoff spot. Um, they went on a pretty good winning streak um, from mid December through the end of it, but um, they've kind of traded losses and wins as of late. Um, and they're they're still fighting for their own playoff life. So, I mean, Winslow's yeah. going to have to continue to play well if this team's going to win because Goran Dragic is going to be out for a while, like we mentioned last podcast also. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like they have any plans to shore up any point guard depth with by moving Justice Winslow to that spot. Yeah, I mean, I think, if anything, this makes things interesting in terms of, like, defensive matchups and switching, uh, all the switching that goes on now. Because, I mean, it's pretty easy to pick on the smaller guy on every squad. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, we see it all the time when the Cavaliers forcing switches onto Steph Curry in the NBA Finals all those string of years. Mm-hmm. Um, people putting, trying to switch and trying to get Dennis Schroeder on themselves. <laughs> right. Or, uh, or like a J.J. I mean, Barea. <laughs> exactly. And maybe this is a way to sort of counteract that. I mean, and that's, that's usually what we see as things evolve as a way to counteract What's the what's a seems to be an unstoppable offensive trend, right? And I think this is gonna be really good for Justice Winslow's career overall, because yeah. I, I mean, very high lottery pick uh, in the draft, uh, and he hasn't really done much. You know, he's he had mm-hmm. some pretty bad injuries last year, um, but this is his chance to really like make a splash in the league. Now you're a starting point guard, like you're you're running the show for the team now and so this is his chance to like make a resurgence a revival of sorts um so yeah, yeah we'll see if this works out for him so far it's, it's looked, it looks okay yeah let's see where it goes so how about we go to big deal or forgetfuls just stories around the nba see if they're a big deal or are they completely just forgetful Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons fight over a rebound in a game <laughs> against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, basically, Joel Embiid goes up for the rebound, and so does Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons <laughs> ends up elbowing Embiid in the in the face. Oh, man. Um, and then afterwards, Embiid curses at the 76ers bench uh, where Ben Simmons is at. Not sure what exactly is said, but it's pretty clear a bunch of explicits were said there. Um, and basically, Joel Embiid was a little pissed. He talked about it after the game saying that Ben Simmons basically hit him in the exact same place he was hit uh, previously when he needed uh, f- uh, when he had a facial fracture on his right cheekbone Ooh. a couple years ago. So it's a soft spot for him, but at the end of the day, he did call it a basketball play. But what do you think, Sean? Is this a big deal or is this just forgetful? Uh, it's forgetful, man. It's like, you really think Ben Simmons is trying to injure your own player who's like your running mate for making this team as great as it has been? Like, that would be yeah. the stupidest thing ever. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something about playing the Los Angeles Clippers that makes teams just go all crazy. Like, what happened with the Warriors <laughs> and that whole Draymond True. Green, Kevin Durant stuff, and now now you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons fighting each other. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's just Pat Beverly or something, but, like, the Clippers just have a knack for getting teams to implode. <laughs> but we still lost the yeah. game anyway, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a chippy game. Every Bradley ended up getting ejected in that game yeah. alongside Jimmy Butler, which were kind of like soft ejections, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, yeah, and it definitely favors the Clippers more than the Sixers um, getting yeah. rid of Jimmy Butler. But, yeah, we just – man, we had a bad game. Didn't even matter yeah. about all I, this drama. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. Forgetful, but how about this one? 76ers fans start a petition uh, to ban <laughs> Kendall Jenner from the Pepsi Center uh, due because they believe that she is a curse to the team in terms of losses. Uh. Though I disagree there a little bit because the 76ers are having a solid season up to this well, point. Well, I mean... Have you have we seen the stats on like games that she attends, like how well they do? I think I, I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I will say this, she was at that Clipper game. Alright, well then I guess it's forgetful. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> There's no curse. Yeah. How about the Mavs interested in trading for the Wizards Odor Poder? Hmm. Uh forgetful. I mean yeah. it depends on it's a big deal if you Consider the Mavs, um, what the how the Mavs would look afterwards. I think it's a big deal, and they shouldn't do it. Taking on a mm. giant contract from Otto Porter when you already have guys like Wesley Matthews and Harrison Barnes who are making yeah. pretty comparable money. You want to bring in another guy like that? I mean, maybe you yeah. trade one of those guys in return, but you're not really gaining anything. And the team's playing yeah. pretty well as it is, so why would you even want him? Yeah, I agree. It's a big deal if this actually happens and there's some reality to it because this deal, I'm guessing, is going to have to include Dennis Smith Jr. in there. I oh, doubt they're yeah, going to oh, trade Doncic. If they gave up Dennis Smith Jr. for Otto Porter, that would be bad. That would be very bad for the Mavs. Yeah, there's no way I think the Wizards buy if it's like DeAndre Jordan and Harrison Barnes. I think they want Dennis Smith Jr. There's no way it can yeah. it can happen without him. Yeah, all this talk about them like the Mavs needing to trade Dennis Smith Jr. because Doncic is there, I think is ridiculous. It's like you have one of the one of the most promising young backcourts in the NBA. Why would you trade one of them away? It's not like they both are I mean, they're not both ball dominant point guards. I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. can play an undersized shooting guard. He has the athleticism mm-hmm. to just play off the ball and make his own shot. Like, I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is more of a two-guard in some ways. as he's, he's a good scorer, and he's a solid shooter. I mean, why can't he play off the ball alongside Doncic? Yeah. I think it can happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get that. But I, I really hope, for, for the Mavs team's sake, that they don't trade him unless they're getting something really good in return. But I don't think they will because it's just Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I think if anything, I think this is more um, talk coming from the Wizards side. I think they want this. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. They're they're than... planting the seeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about Nick Young, Swaggy P, Uncle P, oh, away from the de- from the Denver Nuggets? So short lived. Um, a short lived career <laughs> there. No, no notable highlights to include here. Um, <laughs> This is a big deal, or is this for This is a big deal, man. <laughs> this is a big deal. I follow Swaggy P on Instagram. You should have seen all the presents he got his kids. And now, how is he going <laughs> to afford all these presents? He doesn't have a job. <laughs> oh, good point. Solid point. He got his. Got his he got. He got a little Swaggy, uh, an, like a little arcade system, and a train set. Now, how's little Swaggy going to be able to afford all these gifts? Is he got a little remote control car? <laughs> Yeah, how is he going to afford the credit card bill on those? <laughs> uh, do we see? Can we see Nick Young being picked up by anybody here? Yeah, I can see the Jazz picking him up. That's true. I the jazz, the jazz are just I, desperate for shooting. Like They'll take as many as they can get. I, I read somewhere that the Lakers might have been interested, oh, but I feel like hilarious. that's just some Laker block. Oh, that would be oh, – man, the again. meme team would happen. be complete. <laughs> <laughs> But, that can't happen. But what this does signal to me is that Gary Harris is on his way back very soon. 
Yeah, he actually played today. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't miss yeah, that. Gary yeah, Gary Harris right, is well, back. Yeah, that's what that meant. So that is a big deal. That he's waved. Yeah. Gary Harris is back, and uh, Will Barton's going to be on his way soon. So this team that's still number one in the West, despite these injuries to their starters, is still still there. And now they're getting their starters back, and they're going to continue to be yeah. strong. They're about to reach their final form. Their final form. 2019 season. Oh, man. This is exciting. Yeah, it's good. Dude, from, from not making the playoffs last year to being number one in the West right now, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Anybody else Nick Young could go to? Maybe Memphis. Memphis. Though I don't think he fits Memphis. Yeah. Uh, hmm. who, who else needs a shooting guard that doesn't do anything but stand in the corner? Maybe the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns don't want to add anybody. They're doing exactly what they want to do right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How about the Clippers? No, no. We have enough depth. But you don't have a guard like Nick Young. Nope. Nobody has a guard, guard like Nick Young. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, All no right. we don't need a scoring two. We could put Milos in if we needed a guy that can shoot the three. Okay, all right, let's move on from there. How about LeBron James said, beating the Warriors in 2016 made him the GO. Mm. Direct quote there. That moment right there made me the greatest player of all time. That's what I felt. That's interesting. Has he ever mentioned being or self-proclaiming himself as the GOAT before? Is this the first time he's ever done that? I think so, and I was thinking about it, and I mean, Jordan always... um, I shouldn't say always, but every time I've seen that question come up in past interviews or in books and stories, he always seems to deflect that. Yeah. The answering that question, he says things like, you know, if it wasn't, you know, I can't be the greatest of all time because, you know, my game's built on other people's. And he goes on to mention other people's names. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kobe ever called himself the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. I mean, you- Shaq has certainly called himself <laughs> the most dominant. <laughs> so that's the question, though. Do you disqualify yourself from being the GOAT? If you yourself say you're the goat, yeah, I mean, I want to say yes, but then I kind of almost agree with LeBron that he really? might just be the. Greatest you agree with him because time. because he beat the Warriors. You agree with his reasoning because of this. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a notable thing. Let's you can't dismiss this. It was a a record breaking team in terms of wins. They were at full strength. Um, it was a very yeah, but impressive that, that, close. That series. is to say then that LeBron is the reason that they beat the Warriors. But what about another man that lives in Boston now? I mean, true. Kyrie Irving had a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, Kyrie had that crazy game six, as okay. I recall. He he but was a LeBron, big reason. But here's this. LeBron led that series in every single, almost yeah, every single I, statistical I know. category. I know he did, but that they is... were down 3-1, and he's not – the complete reason that they came back. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, basketball is a team game. Obviously, they don't win without Tristan Thompson grabbing some rebounds, <laughs> Kevin Love hitting some <laughs> shots. <laughs> no, but, but man, Kyrie played lights out too. I mean, that game was almost over off that Andre Iguodala layup. Well, that, yeah, that never. That yeah, series was no, almost I, over. No, that play will go down in like history of like amazing plays for sure. But, but I don't think I guess, one single moment makes you the goat. I don't. True, that, and that's true. Um, though I don't. I think the point here is LeBron James sort of quoting that he felt that that was it. Like that was like the last climb to make him the goat. I think 
is what he's trying to say here. Mm. Like that moment just kind of pushed him up the hill that much more over um, whoever else you wanted to include, include in that list of greatest of all time. Mm. I don't know. That's, this also says to me that he feels his best days are behind him. That he he will not that he's he would be totally fine not winning another championship in L.A. That's and that's dangerous. Yeah, and because certainly he's t- I've had those thoughts and yeah. others have had those thoughts when he decided to come to L.A. As if you know is is he coming to L.A. just to retire? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> or is he really yeah. all in still? Like he's still playing amazing basketball. Like don't get me wrong, but it just tells me that like he wouldn't be like upset with his career if he didn't win another championship. And that kind of is upsetting. I'm sure there's a part of him that feels that way. I mean, he's a grown man man now. He's a family guy. I'm sure his, his entire self-esteem and identity isn't basketball anymore, but I still have to disagree that, I mean, he's done or like, he's just kind of an LA to chill. The numbers he's putting up are nothing short of amazing. And, it takes a lot of work to get get no, yeah. ready night in and night out yeah, for these no, games. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying he. Yeah, his numbers are still great. Yeah, I'm. He's still playing very well. I mean, maybe not on defense as much, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a weird comment. Yeah, it it's it. I think it's uh, it's kind of forgetful though. It kind of is a big deal just because like I'm not sure how many players like Bill Russell, Jordan, Kareem, or. Kobe or whoever else you want to put in that list really self-proclaimed themselves in this way. But then again, I mean, I don't think there's we have we've we've seen a player like LeBron James and do I think it's arrogant slightly, but I do think there's some truth to it. <laughs> <laughs> the argument can still be made despite the comment if you're not like if it's not if you don't bring it to like a what like a I don't even know, just like a arrogance level. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't count arrogance, I mean, he's obviously one of the best players ever, like, no matter what he says. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Okay. That's that's all I got. All right. What did he have <laughs> okay. for breakfast, though? Like, <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on for LeBron. I think once you go down the rabbit hole of greatest of all time, top this, yeah. I think you could just go on and on forever. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, John Wall is not in that conversation no. right now. And he and he's just out for the rest of the season. Left left surgery on the left heel to remove bone spurs that he claims have been bothering him since last year. Um man, this just sucks. I mean, it's oh, like brutal. I've re- I I I like John Wall and I've liked him since 2016. He had that great year. Yeah. And I've chosen him now in fantasy 3 years in a <laughs> row. Being like, okay, in 2016, he killed it. 17, I was like, he's going to do it again. Didn't do it. <laughs> you know, didn't do it. And then 18, I was like, okay, he had a surgery. He took the time off. This is it. Like, this is it. He's yeah. going back to 20 and 20 and 11 type guy. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's not there. Yeah. Um, Maybe next year, though. 20, 2019 know, could be his year. 2019, 2020 season. Yeah, this, is, this is just awful for this team who, I mean – You'd have to think by the end of the season would have put themselves in a playoff spot just with the talent they have over the course of a long season. Um, they just got Otto Porter back from injury uh, today, and like if they have their full lineup there, like maybe maybe they uh, make a little run. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is time to tank for this team. But 
ironically, they've won their last two games without John Wall. <laughs> so who really knows what's going to happen with these guys? I mean, Tomas Sadoransky seems to be filling in pretty well. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, Thomas Bryant. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. Solid games. Yeah, he's going to get a shout out later for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's what do you make of these what guys? Done. I don't know. They're scrappy. But I'm not willing to bet on these guys. Is it going to be I another mean, thing where, like, John Wall was out last year and they started winning a bunch of games, and then there's, like, all this unrest. Like, this team's better without John Wall. Like, Marcin Gortat I, came out and said that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It I hate to say it, but it seems like like the more that happens, the more this group stays together, the more that narrative gets uh, slightly stronger um, not that it's a strong narrative, but it just gets a little bit stronger that maybe John Wall isn't a likable guy over in Washington, or maybe <laughs> his style of play isn't very likable, or something is there. Because yeah, right. they just won the last two games. Um, the young guys are playing better. Bradley Beal's playing solid. Uh, Order Porter Jr. is on his way back. Uh, but I mean, I just can't bet on these guys. They're they're good. They're they're young. They're scrappy, but they're not. Great not playoff players, caliber. yeah. Right. They're not a roster that should be in the playoffs. So I think it's time to tank. I mean, <laughs> what does that mean, though? Does that mean you just kind of ask like, Bradley Beal and Order Porter Jr. to stop playing good, or do you? Tr- actually oh, well, you, think have about co- you have to. You have to compete, them? but you're definitely not gonna try to be making any moves to make the team better. You're not gonna try yeah. to replace John Wall. But here's the thing, though: you can try to tank in the East. But you are never mm-hmm. gonna out tank the likes of the Cavs, Bulls, and Hawks. Like, yeah, there's only so far down they can go. Honestly, with those other teams there, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Like, you just have to try to make the playoffs. On it, like, may- <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't tank. Maybe you just keep trying to make the playoffs. Maybe you do try to make a move to get in there because you're not gonna end up with a high lottery pick with so many East teams that are just terrible. Yeah, and and that's that's such a interesting paradigm or like crossroads to be in. Like you're looking at a fifteen and twenty three record. It's a bad it's record. Bad, yeah. <laughs> but you're only two and a half games out of the eight seed, and you just won two in a row. Yeah, it's it's like, like like the Brooklyn Nets. Like when Caris Levert got hurt, like we thought they should tank, but now they're like basically in a playoff spot now, and they just beat the Pelicans tonight. And it's like, wow, is this team for real? Like, maybe the Wizards can do a similar thing. Here's the thing, though. Just because you're in a playoff position doesn't mean you're for real. Cause <laughs> I, let's, yeah, no, no, because of the, where yeah. the record gets you, yeah. Yeah, the the eight seed right now is a four, has a 47 <laughs> win percentage. The Nets are right there, half game behind with a 46 win percentage. So the Washington Wizards aren't even at 40%. They're at a 39 <laughs> win percentage. And yet, they could make the playoffs. Like, right. they're not – they're still competitive. Uh, yeah, so you, yeah you try to go up against like Milwaukee or Toronto. It's like, yeah, that's what you're gonna do. I mean, this team has proven they can beat the Raptors in the past. Maybe not the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, but I mean, they've always proven to be competitive against the Raptors team. Um, as far yeah. as playoff series go, as far as playoff seating goes, ah oh, man, it's such a tough yeah. spot for them. <laughs> yeah, so you're looking at the road ahead right now. You have the 15th hardest remaining schedule, pretty average. out of the entire NBA. So yeah, you're like right in the middle in terms of difficulty. Uh, so if you tank, if you want to tank, you're gonna have to put a little bit of effort there. If you yeah. want to make the playoffs, 
You might have to put the exact symbol <laughs> to equal same this amount is, of, of They effort. are in the worst spot in the league right now, I would say. Like, the Wizards, yeah. yeah, just just awful. Like, getting stretched two different ways with no correct answer. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to tank, you'd have... I think you'd have to make a deal for Oda Porter Jr. or Bradley Beal. Or you kind of just do the Eric Bledsoe type thing where you just... Uh, Hey man, just sit out a couple games. Sit out, yeah, take some just rest. Like, yeah. Let's just lose this game. And dare I say they might have to even say do the same thing with Thomas Bryant. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, this man's playing for a contract. He cannot sit out games. Yeah, that's true. But oh, what what a position! I mean, okay, if you're if you're the Wizards, what do you do here? Oh gosh, man, I just One tried final, to work this, this out. <laughs> I say you go for the playoffs, man. Playoffs are a bust. Yeah. They're, yeah, you got guys on this team that have too much pride to let themselves tank. Like Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, they've been in the playoffs multiple years. They they can't just let it slide. Yeah. I'm going with the tank, man. Oh. I say shop shop Porter <laughs> Jr. around Bradley Beal. Let's see what you can get. Yeah, but even uh, with all those you horrible East Jr.? teams below you that you're not going to out-tank? Hey, Let's go and get a draft pick. Let's do. Let, maybe we can do what Memphis did and get a good guy. Get Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, and get get off to a good start next year. Yeah, maybe hey, maybe mean, you get lucky. Maybe you get lucky. Yeah, possibly. Let's go to the injury report. LeBron James strains his groin, considered day to day at this moment. KCP lighting it up. Brandon Ingram <laughs> had himself a solid game with his absence too. Yeah, yeah. Did the, how are the Lakers doing right now? Uh, they're down seven against the Thunder with two minutes left. Uh, so it's not looking too great for them this game, but uh, they're going to be, if they lose this one, they'll be 1-3 without LeBron. That's to be expected. Um, they've had some hard games in there too. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't think this is a problem for them. A lot of people are actually saying it's a good thing for them to get some development um, for these other yeah. players to improve their game while LeBron sits out. Um, I don't know if I buy that necessarily, especially if he's only going to be out for like a few weeks. Maybe if he was out a few months, they'd have time to develop their games a little bit. But a few weeks just doesn't seem like enough time um, in my mind for them to actually like improve that drastically. Um, just yeah, getting I mean, a few extra minutes and a few extra shots here and there. Yeah, I know that development kind of goes out the window in the playoffs. And once you bring LeBron, yeah, yeah, once you bring LeBron equation, back, you have to play through him. Like you're just you're that's your highest chance to win. So. Yeah, and yeah. lucky for them, they got some easy teams here. They got the Pistons, the Bulls, and the Cavaliers uh, for to to going forward this month. They got the Mavericks as well, and the Knicks. So their toughest opponents look to be OKC again, the Rockets, and the Utah Jazz, and the Timberwolves on Sunday. So they might be able to get away with this injury right now. Yeah, they gotta be careful though, because I mean, with the way the West is, I mean, few few losses, and you're you're looking at like tenth and eleventh seed. In, right. in the West, and there is a little bit of um, gaps forming amongst the teams in the West. Um, one through three right now is, is uh, OKC, Denver, Golden State. Um, not in that order, but they do have a few games separation from the rest of the pack. And then um, to into the ninth seed, there actually is a couple game gap forming there. Um, so you want me, yeah, if you're the Lakers, you don't want to be the one bridging that gap in between the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams right now. Um, so they're, right. they're going to have to play their hearts out just to keep their spot. Yeah. They're seventh right now in the West, I believe. Yeah. 
Uh, so a team that's making their way up and bridging, trying to create some sort of gap is the Houston Rockets on a five-game winning streak. One of our hot teams of this week, winning 10 of their last games to be 21-15, and 15, fourth in the Western Conference. Uh, James Harden putting up four straight 40-point games. Ooh. And in Houston's past 10 games, this man has averaged 40.8 points <laughs> a game on only 25 25- <laughs> Shots. Ain't only so, twenty five shots. That's a lot of shots. <laughs> well, on twenty five shots a game, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. It's a lot but, of uh, shots, man. <laughs> twenty five shots. But I mean, forty point eight points a game, man. That is absurd. That is. Hey, man. Oh my god. You just put whoever you want around James Harden. When he goes like this, he goes final form. James Harden. He's gonna yeah. try. Tr- get you as many possible many wins as he possibly can i mean this guy's building his case to be mvp again yeah this team was they were second to last in the west like not that long ago and now they're fourth in the west and have a considerable gap over some of the teams that aren't in the playoffs anymore in the playoff picture right now and welcome back houston it's crazy like it's all because of James Harden, but it's like, how long can he keep this up to like, he's just playing with so much intensity, ferocity and just playing out of his mind. Like the MVP that he is currently uh, the reigning yeah. MVP and has put himself back in that conversation now, along with like Giannis, Kawhi, uh, Steph Curry. Um, we weren't really mentioning James Harden earlier in the season because of how badly the Rockets were playing. But now that they're back in the picture, and he's put up these this monster 10-game stretch. You have to put him right there at the top with any of them. Yeah. I'm looking at what they have left or what they have starting January right now. And, I mean, we're talking difficulty to end December. They got Warriors tomorrow, then the Trailblazers, uh, followed by the Nuggets and then the Bucks. All games with one day breaks. Brutal games. In between here. But so it's a brutal stretch. But they've they've and played some really hard games in the last few and won all of them. They have, yeah. And so can they keep it going? Man, it seems right now like the bet is kind of yes yeah, at this point. I think so. I mean, and Chris Paul is gonna come back maybe in a week or two, I think. Hopefully. We'll see with how that yeah. hamstring's de- how he's dealing with that hamstring injury, but I, I like their chances. Yeah, they just got to hold up because after this, then they got a couple of easy Eastern Conference teams, including the Cavaliers, the Magic, and the Nets right here in the middle of January. So they can hold on. They might be looking to stay in that fourth top three position for quite at least till the end of the month. Yeah, and speaking of top three position, uh, how about these Indiana Pacers looking to make their bid at a top three spot in the East uh, with their way on a five-game winning streak? Uh, Not against very strong opponents. Uh, you got like the Nets, Wizards, Pistons, and they beat the Hawks twice. Uh, but the team, I think, is uh, twenty-five and twelve overall now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've they've made this list a few times for us already this year. Yeah, it's interesting that they continue to just strike them, keep themselves going with or without Victor Oladipo, and they're the team that we both were kind of like on the ropes of whether they were actually top three to begin the season and. Hey, they heard us. They heard our projections and <laughs> slammed slammed them right in our face, and they got themselves into top three positions. So yeah, uh, this is one of the best man. coached, best, um, best team. Like this team just plays really well. All the pieces just fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, with a guy Victor Odalipo who's their best player, you wouldn't even maybe even call him a star player, um, depending on how you define the word. 
Um, we're talking yeah. about him being a fringe all-star, even though we have him yeah. locked in now because of the way the Pacers are playing. But, the I mean, Victor Odalipo, he's really good, man. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay, so what about sinking teams? No change here. It's the Memphis Grizzlies, who continue to free fall, losing eight of their last ten. Um, and the most points they've scored in the last 10 games was 107 against the Lakers. Of course, it's against the Lakers. <laughs> Seems like everybody has good offensive nights against the Lakers. But still, outside of that point, I mean, Grizzlies just losing games. Can't seem to be able to figure themselves out and grip on hard to the to the cliff that they seem to be falling off of. I thought they were going to be a, a player there and getting Austin Rivers on their team, but... Looks like no no move has been made to try to save their season here. Yeah, and I mean we we knew this would be kind of what the story was with the Grizzlies. I think deep down, even though they looked like they were going to make the playoffs early on, but this team doesn't have quite the talent to keep up with these other teams in the West. Not quite the youth and athleticism to keep up with these teams in the West, uh, mm-hmm. which wears down. Which yeah, they're just worn down over the course of the season. It seems, and I mean Mike Conley is a great player, but. Um, for this team to compete with the rest of them was kind of a stretch to begin with. Yeah, you got 31-year-old Mike Conley, 34-year-old Marcus Zoll, a young uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. He looks great. Uh, like, he looks good, he looks yeah. like an amazing. He's going to be an amazing player in this league. Well, they got Dylan Brooks back. He's played now two games. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he still hasn't seemed to be sort of like that spark plug that they've they need right now at this moment. And Marshawn Brooks uh, or Dylan Brooks? Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks here. <laughs> no confusion on no our confusion. side. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I don't see them turning it around, though. I really don't. No. No, I think I think they're pretty firmly like 10th or 11th seed in the West. I, I think so, too. I mean, the Kings look good. The Mavericks look good. I think they're going to win a couple more games here. I think the Jazz Utah is due for a big them, run. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be tough unless they can somehow get some creative magic and some luck going their way and they can get a deal done, but they really don't have any tradable assets. Yeah. Right now. You're not getting rid of Chandler Parsons. No, you're not. And unless, unless Jaron Jackson Jr. is part of that trade. Oh, that uh, would be, no, that, they can not get rid of that man though. That nah, guy's a beast. It's just not going to happen. So sorry, Memphis, but <laughs> this might, and this might not be you sinking. This might just be you. Uh, finding your place. Oh, <laughs> yeah, underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about best performance of the week? Let's go to Thomas Bryant. Yes. A uh, couple days before Christmas, going 14 for 14 from the field, 31 points and 13 rebounds and a triple overtime victory over the Suns. This is the state of the Wizards. It took them three overtimes, <laughs> three overtimes. to beat the Phoenix Suns, but Thomas Bryant going uh, super Bryant here to get oh, this win man. for this team. Yeah, he he channeled his inner Kobe Bryant for this kind of yeah. stat line. <laughs> Made fourteen, all fourteen of his shots, which I mean, most of them were within two feet of the basket. But hey, a basket's a basket, man. And th- this right. this was a game coming from a guy that you would never expect to have a game like this. Twenty one year old Thomas Bryant, a second round pick, um, in a draft two years ago, I believe. Yeah, um, and he played for the Lakers for a year, right? He and, did. He uh, did. Yeah, this is what they're missing out on now. But they got Javale McGee, so they can't be that upset, right? <laughs> yeah. How about Joseph Nurkic? Twenty-four points, twenty-three rebounds, Oof. seven assists, and five steals and five blocks oh. in the overtime win against 
the Sacramento Kings. All defense, all offense, all basketball. Nurkic getting that win here for Portland. Yeah, he did everything. A five by five. Very rare. Yeah. Very, very rare. I think the only um twenty point twenty rebound five by five since nineteen eighty three. Yeah, it was a stat I looked up really quickly. But nice. yeah, impressive stuff. How about our boy Vucevic mm. here, who you call the most underrated player yes. in the NBA right now, going 12 for 17, 30 points, 20 rebounds, 8 assists against the Toronto Raptors. So close to that triple-double. Um, but, dude, I didn't even know about this performance. Yeah, 30 and, and 20, I, man. Whew. I don't watch a lot of Orlando Magic games. <laughs> no, very many people a little, do. Yeah, they're not one of my league pass teams that I enjoy or Reddit stream teams that I enjoy. <laughs> uh, but I think I should have tuned in for this one. Yeah, and th- this is more evidence that he is the most underrated player in the league. Like, how many guys? I mean, th- I mean this isn't even, like, that crazy that he did this because he averages, like, over 20 points and over 10 rebounds a game this year. And he just continues to put up consistently good stat lines on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, this dude is a straight baller. Vucevic just bullying people. How about worst performance of the week? Draymond Green, 2 for 7, 0 for 3 from 3.4 points, 4 turnovers, and falling out. <laughs> a loss against the Lakers. The Lakers just bringing the worst out of the Warriors. Yeah, I remember after this game, Draymond was like, I just have to play better. Like He, he acknowledged himself that he is he just god-awful. He has to... I uh, bearing injuries. Draymond Green has just not had the the year a year at all. He's just oh, he's been playing bad. like a very bad player. Like I'm trying to think who would who who's fallen worse in terms of fantasy or in terms of individual performances. Whether it's got to be like Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, and I mean Donovan Mitchell, he at least still scores like on on par with his average true. last year. And his efficiency might not be as good, but like Draymond Green is just he just does not do very much anymore. Yeah, yeah, his rebound numbers are also on decline. Uh, what about Russell Westbrook? Also, just in a <laughs> deep shooting slump right yeah. now. Not that he was ever the greatest shooter, but still four for twenty-two, zero for eight from three-point line, going for nine, nine, and eight. Still, almost a triple double. I mean, yeah, that's what he does. But like, that is a really bad game. He only shot two free throws in the entire game and five turnovers and a loss to the Mavericks. Yeah, like you said, he's been in a shooting slump lately, and I mean, it hasn't really hurt the team because Paul George has just been on a MVT MVP caliber tear right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's he, I mean, he has time to figure it out. But yeah, there's just some, something's going on with Russ, you know? Yeah, I agree here. What about Ron Baker, oh, man? No. The recent signing for the Washington Wizards has not scored a single <laughs> point yet in the 43 minutes he's played for yeah. his new squad. Yeah, zero for four shooting for this man. Uh, Forty-three <laughs> minutes. Uh, he deserves better. Ron, Ron Baker. Baker. He deserves better. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll find. Uh, you know, he seems like a type of guy that belongs on the South Bay Lakers. Oh yeah. Like he just <laughs> close to the beach. <laughs> decent basketball, not great basketball, yeah, but decent he's, basketball. He's got the beach boy hair, kind of. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so. About to just to close the podcast up, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Utah Jazz, who I think you they still have one would. more run on them. <laughs> I'm not ready to give up on them just yet. And here's my case for them. Right now they're 18 and 23 games out of the eighth seed. But I think 
the Western Conference race right now is a Mario Kart race. No. <laughs> you got people throwing turtle shells. You got people slipping on bananas. You got people hitting, getting stars and mushrooms. But I think the Utah Jazz are on their way to hitting a golden mushroom <laughs> and boosting their way back into the eighth seed. And here's why. Because in 2019, to turn to New Year, they actually have the easiest schedule in the entire NBA with their opponents having an average win percentage of 46%, and that includes three games against the Phoenix Suns and two games against the Cavs. So that should be five wins right there, right off the bat. Uh, They also have had the least amount of home games in the Western Conference for 2018. So they got 44 games remaining. Um, Currently, the eight seed is at 55% win percentage, so that's the Spurs. So if that speaks true, that means they only have to win 64% of those last 44 games to to finish that second half with a record of 28 and 16 to finish that season to finish the season off at 55 percent and potentially take the eight seed at least at least but wait can you tell me again who the current eighth seed is it is the san antonio (laughs) spurs at this moment (laughs) yeah but they're good they're the team in the eighth seed man that's all i gotta say they got they got the they got the shot you know I want to see this team not make the playoffs, and I think it can happen. And I think Utah's a team to knock them out. Uh, we just got to wait and see now. But I've made my case. Yeah. What do you think, Sean? You've done your research. I'm, I'm going to have to make my case next week for the Spurs being the eighth seed. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Counter, we- but, I mean, hey. We, we said it earlier, you can you can skew the numbers any way you like them. <laughs> you, you did a good job of skewing these numbers. <laughs> is it skewing or is it telling, projecting the, the the future narrative for the second half of the year for the Utah Jazz? Yeah, that's a, I'm not ready to give up on, <laughs> on these boys. It's a good statistician right there, Alan. I congratulate you. Well done. All right. Thanks, everybody. If you want to keep up with our bet with the San Antonio Spurs, the Utah Jazz, which team makes the playoffs, Listen next week and the following week. And don't forget to subscribe uh, to Second Stringers NBA podcast. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Have a good week, everyone.